I don't think there's any way to just casually work some of the conversation, so let's lead off with it. We fucked up hard on the Summer Fantasy Draft. How so? We missed one mega thing that it didn't dawn on me till yesterday. There was one of these at the party I was at, and it's maybe, especially for guys, maybe the most fun thing in the world. for The, the most manly thing in the world for guys. What? A Nerf Howler. What the? Oh, is that one of those screamers that the when you throw it? that you throw a fuck like you, you could have the weakest arm in the world. You throw that thing, it goes a fucking mile, and you like set up to play catch with it with your friends. And no matter what, every time you throw it, you bomb it like a mile over their head, right? And no one can ever catch it. Well, that thing's not fun to play with unless you're literally throwing it as far as you can. Well, that's, I don't think anyone like stands like tosses like, right. has has a talk while right. playing with it. You stand super far away from each other, and you put like all of your torque into it and you throw it so fucking far over your friend's head and then it's like six minutes they have to go yeah, right. walk yeah. and get it and you drink a beer while Worth they go it. get it it's so much fun um maybe it was just because i was like a kid and it wasn't annoying but i feel like those things get more and more obnoxious as time has gone on maybe it's because i'm an adult and i'm like fuck those things so i played with one yesterday I couldn't even tell you what they sound like. I, really? I, it's like I don't even hear it because I think you're so you're you have so much glee and you're giggling the whole time, maybe. So you don't actually hear the sound it's making. I would love to go back and uh, watch. I'm sure they're on YouTube, but go back and like watch the commercials for those things because like old early oh early 2000s late 90s commercials, they're just so ridiculous. And they used to work roided out athletes into them too. Right? Do you remember the the Vortex Power Bat? Yeah, yep. yeah, yep. and it was uh, Mark McGuire. And he was like, hey, you know my secret to hitting home runs? <laughs> yup. <laughs> and he was like, it's the Vortex Power Bat. And that thing, nope. was, that thing was awesome, dude. This was actually really mean. Um, one time, a kid, uh, like we were in like middle school or something. <laughs> this is super mean. And uh, there was a half day. So we went over to like one of the schools, and we were playing in the park. And there was this kid there with his brother, and they had a Vortex Power Bat. And we were this kid who no one really liked was with us, and he was a dick. And he asked them if he could play with it for a minute. And the kid, so the kid gives him the bat, and he's like, "All right, throw me a pitch." And the kid's like, "Okay, just make sure you don't hit it too far." And I'll never forget. This. He goes, "Shut up!" And the kid throws him the ball, and he intentionally hits it onto the roof of the school. It was the meanest fucking thing in the world. But that is, rough. Oh, I'm sure that like those commercials for the screamers was like. Do you like playing catch with your friends? Right. Do you wish that it sounded like you were murdering a cat while <laughs> right. you were doing it? it well, does. boy, do we have the thing for you. It sounds like it sounds like a fucking fisher cat. It sounds like an animal is dying and screaming bloody murder. But yeah, we blew it not bringing those up. Um, there's only how much time is there left in summer? There's like a few weeks. It's summer's over already. I think I'm gonna Amazon Prime like six, <laughs> just in, just for every time I go to something. You can get away with it though because it's it's not football season yet. Like you can use those in, during football season. What do you mean? Those like the footballs, the screamers. Oh right. Oh you're oh so you're saying it's not like a, oh this you, is dated. It's right. Season. It's like not just a summer thing. You could go to a, a football party over the weekend in the fall and bring one of those, and everybody would be fucking amped. Well, I feel like vortex those football, the howlers or whatever they're called. I think that falls more into douchey season than it does into summer or football, and it's always douchey. Like if you are at like a if you're at a party in winter or whatever, you could like. 
be like, hey, guys, I got a Vortex football. We're going to run outside and throw it super far. People would go outside with you. <laughs> yeah, or, that's true. Yeah. Uh, uh, I was actually at brunch today, speaking of douchey how season. How about that? I was uh, at brunch today, speaking of douchey season, sitting next to a table of, like, all dudes, and I could easily hear what they were talking about, and they talked about uh, fucking chicks. Uh, they talked about, um, like, getting like Brazilian waxes and how they hurt and they talk about like how drunk they got the night before and then like another douchey thing and I was like these dudes would fucking hate brunch right <laughs> like that would be their torture if they had to listen to uh, to an episode of brunch I think you can talk about how drunk you get as long as it's making fun of yourself like if if it's a I got so drunk and everyone was like this guy's the man he can't drink five more and I was like I could do it and then I drank five more and then I totally got laid then like no shut the fuck up that's out. basically what they're doing and they were like hitting on the waitress and like catcalling and it was just like the douchiest table of all time Ugh. so I was like that is exactly what we make fun of on brunch those are zeros fuck those guys those are total zeros right. my kind of talking about how you're you got drunk is like all right so i get drunk and i'm like fine i'll start singing no one wanted me to start singing i sang anyway they all hated it that's that's like my kind of drunk our our kind of drunk is shotgunning beers in a hotel room and And then then going going to to bed bed. (laughs) you know what though like whenever i haven't been able to sleep the last few days which is every day um i've been like man shotgunning a beer did kind of do the trick (laughs) maybe i'll just shotgun Um, probably helped that we also drank like like a hundred beers 15, beforehand, yeah. and that's our drunk story. Um, um, so speaking of zeros, yes, the Kinsey scale. I think we, we fucked got, up on that. We got an immediate email <laughs> that was like, "Your Kinsey scale." Like I'm a, it was like a, a psych major or something. It's like I'm a psych major. It made my day to hear you guys talk about the Kinsey scale. Just a heads up, that's not at all what it is. <laughs> you guys totally misinterpreted it. And uh, but their th- thing was, but your interpretation of it is funny. And before she even got to that part, I was like, we're sticking to... Right, I don't care. I think I our... give a shit. I don't know what the, the real Kinsey scale thing is. I think it was they would sit people down, and I hope I'm wrong about this too, so we can just be over for two. <laughs> but I think they would sit people down and they would ask some questions, and then based off of how they answered the questions, they would say like, this is a predominantly heterosexual answer or something, um, which is way worse. Uh it's so they rank like questions, I mean answers, not people? I think so, yeah. Oh, uh, whatever. We're ranking people for sure. Calling people a zero is <laughs> so going to catch on. So it, th- that thing's already spread like wildfire. So it's way too late. We'd the love be- to correct the it. The best but. part about that is like when you call somebody a zero, it, obviously like the, the term is like, you know, like from zero to hero. Right, yeah, you're like, low. Yeah, right. So if somebody's like like totally heterosexual and you yeah. call them a zero, yeah. it just, the insinuation is that they're a fucking loser, which is which correct. I completely agree with. Uh, you actually, when we were trying to think of names for... Um, our fans, we were saying it would be fun to reappropriate uh, something with a negative connotation, maybe like something with a homophobic com- connotation, and turn it into something positive. Um, and someone had written in saying uh, that brunch fans could be called bromos. I don't. That was in the show. Uh, what's it called? That was in the show Bromance with Brody Jenner, a kid I played intramural hockey with. Really? In, uh, yeah, in um, college. I forget his name. I think it was Chris because fucking guys that go on that show are named Chris. Um, but he, that was a term that he would use. Um, like if people were super bro he'd be like, yeah, a bunch of bromosexuals. So uh, I'm going to let let him have that. Let Brody Jenner have that one. 
Um, but you came up with, I think, the winner for what our brunch fans are going to be called. It wasn't me. It was somebody in our Twitter mentions. Oh, and I, okay. I just you said really that this was a good one. Yes. Okay. Um, well, one of the I sent you two over the weekend. Uh, one of them was Brunchkins. Is that the one you like? No, it's not the one I like. Brunchkins was one of them. That's uh, a good one. So yeah. it's a little cutie pie sort of. thing. I'm like a Brunchkin because I'm I'm a, I'm a shorter brunch person. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and then the other one was the Brunch Bunch. I like the brunch. I like the idea of having it sound like it's a gang. <laughs> I that sounds like the least intimidating gang of all time. But here's the thing. Very quickly, um, so we'll call them the brunch bunch for like a week maybe, and then it gets shortened to the bunch, and then it's like, oh, you, don't wanna, not you don't want to fuck like with the we bunch. Are, like, that's a West Side Story gang. That's, the, that's like the realest gang that I've ever <laughs> encountered. Um, speaking of shortening things over time, you know what we need to do? We need to, it's a total sitcom move, but I want to do it. You know how as shows go on, they shorten the uh, opening credits right. to like 10 seconds? Um, soon, we're just going to cut the, uh, the brunch intro music in half, which is funny because it's already like nine seconds. And now it's just, it'll just be like brunch in the second half. And I think that would be a cool way to kind of date the show. When you hear it, you'll be like, oh, this is a later episode. But then everybody will get mad at it because everybody always gets mad when they change like the intro to a sitcom. That's true. Um, like New Girl, that, the, the original open was amazing. Did they? Well, oh, just when they lopped off the, hey, girl, what you doing? That, or did they change no, they, it completely? They changed the whole Whole thing. new song swapped right. it out? Yeah. It, so it's just basically like like the end melody, and it's like three seconds long. And they did it so that they could include... Um, Coach? Cece, maybe? Oh really? They, to put CC in the uh, in the opening credits, and so, so they just they like it's a whole new intro. It's terrible. So it's not even who's that girl? Nope. What the fuck? Right, exactly. I was actually so we've got some not to brag, um, we've got some musical connections on our show. We know we know some pretty cool bands, and I was actually thinking, how cool would it be if we got like a legitimate band to record like a five second theme song for us, but. Ours is kind of already like a lot of people's ringtones. And you still haven't it's explained it. It's a famous it. <laughs> song. Hasn't been explained yet. There's a lot of mystery surrounding it. So for now, I think uh, Rolling Stones are going to have to hold off for a little bit. Um, speaking of big bands, uh, I ended up actually going to see Pearl Jam. Hilarious. That is fucking bullshit because I started that. And I was like, yeah. I was like, uh, somebody give me tickets to Pearl Jam because this works every time we do it. To which I and, said, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody actually did offer me an extra. They offered me an extra ticket on the Sunday show. And so, like, that's that's cool and awesome. And I thank that person for, for offering. But that's not what we do. When yeah. we ask for tickets to something, we don't want to go with it's you. It's not about you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. We just want you to give us the tickets. Right. Um, the way it worked out for me was perfect. I feel bad. I didn't realize it until after. So my friend Evan had texted me Friday morning saying, uh, if you get Pearl Jam, if, if you get the internet to give you free Pearl Jam tickets, take me. And I responded, and I was like, yeah, sure thing. And then uh, I, I'd forgotten about it. Then you tweeted that. So then I tweeted, we'll accept Pearl Jam tickets. And someone responded saying, uh, I'll give you two tickets as long as uh, Bry Guy goes with the other ticket. And I was like, that's who I go to concerts with anyway, so That's this is a deal. So I couldn't tell if he was serious or not, and um, he gave us tickets. This guy, Todd Landry, follows us both on Twitter. I've gone back and forth with him a million times, and we met him and his girlfriend for beers beforehand, and 
the tickets were in separate areas, so I oh. didn't ruin his time. Interesting. Um, How did he have the extra tickets? He explained, but I was drinking. Um, <laughs> okay. But he he had like field front row tickets. He was a cr- like crazy Pearl Jam guy, as everyone there is. Which th- this show, which I am a big Pearl Jam guy, and really so I didn't go. Yeah, I didn't know I, that. That's why I asked. I, Pearl Jam was my first ever concert, and I was a fucking. You've seen Pearl Jam before? Yeah, that's so because fu- it's my first ever concert. I associated with you for a while. Now you've gone to a bunch of concerts now, but for a while you hadn't really gone to concerts, right? And Pearl Jam was one of them. Yep, that was my very first one, and it was awesome. Wow, Godsmack was my first concert. We had this discussion. Not as cool. Like, remember I said Pearl Jam was my first concert. You're like, oh, yeah, I saw God's Oh, we did this, no, seriously, with Bob McKenzie. Right, yes. <laughs> so we're into rerun territory. <laughs> At least you know I didn't lie about what my first concert is. True, yeah. good call. Um, um, so, yeah, that's a, kind of amazing. I saw that Bry, Bry guy had said that he, like, went back and forth negatively with that dude on Twitter. Oh, really? I think so. Oh, I don't know about that. that. Well, that's what he said. That He said, like, he uploaded the picture of the selfie. He obviously took a selfie. Yeah. And he posted it with, like, I've said it, like, a million times, but, like, people are awesome. Me and this dude have gone back and forth at each other's throats on Twitter for, like, quite some time. And I went to the show, and he was fucking awesome. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Um, that surprised me because Todd, so Todd was the man. Like, I want to go to more concerts with that guy. Um, shouts to Todd. Shouts to Todd. Um, and I see what the... F- so, my cousin was there, and uh, she goes to a lot of concerts, and I was saying... I said, like, these guys are awesome. They put on a hell of a show. I see what the fuss is about. They still can't touch, like... I, I compare them to the Pixies, because Pixies came before them, and Foo Fighters, because Foo Fighters came after them. I'm like, they're not as good as either of those bands. And she made the point that they shouldn't be compared to those bands. They should be compared to U2, because U2 is the other band that people go crazy and overrate and go to all their shows and everything. And I will say that as far as shows go, Pearl Jam and their catalog are a million times better than U2. I I'm, I very much respect that opinion. Not a U2 fan. U2 is woefully overrated. Yes. It's crazy. Um, how did the actual concert experience compare to our review on Friday? It was very, very similar. Okay. They played... Uh, so I heard that they played two sets. Did they play two sets? No, they were supposed to. Um... They, um, there was talk they were going to play at uh, 6.30, an acoustic set. So the people that we were with actually headed in um, beforehand. And they didn't end up taking the stage till like 7.45. Oh, and they just played one long-ass set. But they got after it, and it was awesome. Um, so Strangest Tribe was the one that they don't often play that they played that everyone was freaking out about. But for me, I didn't know that they rarely but occasionally cover I've Got a Feeling by the Beatles. Oh, really? And if that's not my favorite Beatles song, it's like my second be- favorite Beatles song. So it was... The best feeling is when you're at a concert and you hear a song that you didn't think you were going to hear. And it, especially if it's a song that you love and it just, like, knocks you out. So I was going nuts during I've Got a Feeling. And they played Bob O'Reilly, which was really cool. And uh, my favorite part of They about, always play Bob O'Reilly. Yeah, they're, like, they're, they're big Who guys. Um... But the best part was walking down Boylston Street beforehand. It was just a bunch of dudes yelling Eddie Vedder impersonations at each other. <laughs> and then it was like that in the bathrooms, too. So I... Did you... Did you? Were you the one who tweeted that, like, Pearl Jam... Oh, no. I think Jeff Israel tweeted, like, the Pearl Jam crowd is fucking amazing. Just, like, a bunch of awesome dudes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the... Um bunch of awesome dudes and the girls that were there it didn't seem like they were dragged along by their like there were a lot of couples there but they were like 
Pearl Jam couples. Um, Doesn't surprise so, me. It's not really like a, a bro band or anything like that. Like yeah, Pearl but they, was, but it's like a, like every person there was forty one. You know, really? Yeah, like like I was forty one the entire time okay. that I was there. Like it's. But yeah, that was cool. Just walking down the street and people were like, no, call me. And blah, blah. And like, <laughs> That's amazing. You just scream back like, she loves her. <laughs> and, and nobody was like, hey, fuck you. Eddie Vedder's awesome. Like, they were just like, yeah, that's what that guy sounds like. Um, one of the things that I would have mentioned um, in our Pearl Jam fake review on Friday that I didn't think of at the time was uh, he definitely drank like a bottle and a half of wine or two bottles of yeah, wine. Yeah, so on yeah, stage. he was pounding wine. Right. He does it every time and yeah. it's amazing. That was wine. So. I was thinking about doing wine there. Nobody was doing wine there. When I saw Billy Joel at Fenway, I was like, you know what? I'm having a red wine. Wine night. at like a, an event thing is is odd. I uh, wine is like a casual thing. I feel like I don't know. There's nothing better than I. I we I, shat all over the people that were drinking wine at Lollapalooza. That's true. Yeah, but they had uh, carafes. Is that what they're called? You know those? The, th- yeah. I basically said that they looked like those uh, simply orange. orange right. Yeah. Juice yeah. Bottles. So that, that people like. Bros were walking around with carafes of white wine, and I—it's I, not a guy thing. I will judge any person who drinks white wine. If red wine is available and you choose to drink white wine, then have have fun Bad killing take. everybody. Bad You're take. just doing everything wrong. Um, uh, on the topic of Jeff Israel, by the way, huge shouts to him because he sent us—he sent us congrats on the sex cards. Yes, um, yeah. So between the ones that he sent us and the one that ones that Kathy made, we have. Some awesome congrats on the sex cats, cards. Congrats on the sex cards. And we were thinking of where, what to do with them. Uh, one idea we came up with in Chicago, which is probably a bad idea because this is a story of how we were drunk. We were like, what if we just went into a CVS or something and left them in an area and said, like, if you want cards, in the card section. There. Yeah. Like, just like an empty card holder in right. the card section and just slip them in there. But I would actually want to make up a, a tag that would go above it that would say, like, <laughs> right. uh, congrats, like birthday, dash, anniversary, sex. congrats, sex. Right. That would, that would be amazing. Uh, um, another idea, Ellen, Ellen came up with this idea. Put, them, put each individual card behind uh, each box of condoms <laughs> in the CVS. So when somebody pulls out a box of condoms, it says, congrats on the sex. Well, and I then, thought that was a great then idea. Then we would also need to make good luck, good luck on the sex cards. Well, she she also had the idea of making uh, sorry about the sex cards and putting them behind Plan oh, B. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> Which awesome idea! Uh, that would the idea of a sorry about the sex cards would be. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I do not want to know what occasions those would come. It would up. just be like a crying face condom or something. <laughs> crying Jordan. Crying condom. Jordan condom. Uh, um, so. Uh, yeah, I think set in stone that you fans are called the Brunch Bunch. So uh, we're going to call you the Bunch very soon. Uh, our on-demand movie review this edition was uh, Daddy's Home. We put it to a poll. Uh, the other options were San Andreas, uh, Sisters, and Ride Along 2. But we chose at the very beginning yeah. that we were going to do Daddy's po- Home you, regardless. You posted a poll of those four movies, and I was like, oh, so we're leaving it up to a poll? And you were like, no, we're definitely seeing Daddy's <laughs> Home, no matter what they say. Did it end up winning? Yes, it did. It and did. when it first started off, it was... Uh, so I voted after a couple minutes, and it was at like 100 votes, and Daddy's Home was in, in third last, place. Well, I thought it was in last place. Oh, yeah, it was not doing well. <laughs> I th- so... Sisters was ranked really right. highly, which said, I I think that that is because people just wanted us to to kind. They of actually s- wanted us to like taste the food for them, right? Yeah, um, and that's not what these reviews are about. These aren't 
ideally we'll talk about movies that you will not then go see. Right. Um, <laughs> we're obviously spoiling the fuck out of them, so we don't care. Uh, but I think the movies are bad enough that we're assuming you're not going to go see it afterwards. And honestly, I want your view of that movie. I want you to remember uh, We Are Your Friends 10 Years Down the Road based on what we said and not based off of anything that you'd seen. So um, Daddy's Home did end up winning. They, they straightened out the course and, uh, and picked the worst movie there. So we went ahead and watched it. Uh, do we want to do general thoughts first or do we want to jump right into alternative titles? Um, what do you think is the best way to do it? Uh, let's do... We could do a Zac Efron heat check and say whether or not it, it was better or worse than... Let's we do the friends. alternative titles first. Okay. Because uh, I feel like those are always uh, good jumping off points for discussion. Okay. Um, my first alternative title is uh, World's Worst CPR Instructional Video. Yes. Because of the scene where he hits the electrical wire and Mark Wahlberg performs the worst CPR in the history of humanity. And it ends up working. I think that uh, I was shotgunning beers by that point in the movie. Because <laughs> <laughs> at first when you said CPR, I was like, there's a CPR. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, so that was uh, a laugh. That was a laughably bad scene um, in a in a movie with a lot of uh, laughably bad scenes. I was gonna say, at least I got you laughing. Um, Daddy's home, and he brought leave-in conditioner. <laughs> Mark nice. Wahlberg crushed leave-in conditioner in that movie. It was pretty distracting. Is that your? You said that you had a bunch of them, and that was. Is that your one heater? I said I had, I had one heater, and that was it. <laughs> Uh, my second one is more Hannibal Burris, please, because every good scene in that movie involved Hannibal Burris. Uh, so I won't use this one, but one of mine was this movie would seriously be nothing without racial humor. Uh, <laughs> Hannibal Burris was the best part of the movie, but everything was rooted in like, oh, is this he's racist? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's black. Um, so yeah. So well, I, I did. I did find the the fact that he just like moved into the house that was halfway the, through the movie was amazing. I, yeah, I, we should have given some short description. We'll we'll do it now. So uh, it's about Will Ferrell is the stepdad of Linda Cardellini's two kids, and Mark Wahlberg is their father, and he comes back, and they get into a little feud trying to win the win over the family, and. In the midst of this, uh, an out-of-luck handyman moves in with them, and it's Hannibal Burris. And Hannibal Burris is maybe the only saving grace. So in good in that movie. He's, he's th- and by the way, that must have been a, the role of the lifetime for him because he just got to show up and be Hannibal Burris for right. like a couple months. Just like, sh- like just he was just shitting you. on how people were being. Right. Um, so another alter- alternate title is not another Will Ferrell movie in which Will Ferrell does the thing where Will Ferrell describes how angry Will Ferrell is. That is very good because uh, one of my notes was this movie would have been way funnier and way better without Will Ferrell. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll get into I have a very specific take on that. Um, give, me, give me another one. Uh, my last one is Congrats on the Sperm. Oh, yeah. Because the movie is about sperm yes. a lot. Yeah, it's a very sperm-heavy movie. Um, at least the first few minutes of this movie bring the heat. Uh, see, I had an, uh, a very opposite take. I thought it was very bad at the beginning and then picked up steam towards the end. So here's why I thought it started off all right. Um, Will Ferrell narrating, off to a rough start. Um, introduce the kids. One of them says something kind of cute, whatever, who cares. The girl was awesome. Then Linda Cardellini comes in, and Linda Cardellini is timeless. T- exactly. Awesome. Love her. Uh, and then they play the opening credit music, which is Here Comes Your Man by the Pixies. Pixies fans will love that. 500 Days of Summer fans will love that. So 
I was into that. I was like, this is going to go way the fuck down because, uh, yeah. So it, it got a lot worse. Um, my take on Will Ferrell, um, on Will Ferrell in this movie is uh, I was going to ask how could the movie be, be better cast. And my thought was Tom Hardy playing Dusty, Mark Wahlberg's character, would be great. Yep. And then when I started thinking of who could play Will Ferrell's character... I realize I just came to the conclusion that they shouldn't have just they just should not have made the movie at all. <laughs> That's a pretty pretty solid take. Like, but like who there was going to make it better? Uh, like Will Ferrell was really bad. It would have been a different character because Will Ferrell plays yeah. the same character in every single movie. Yeah, and That's why it would have been better because we've seen that Will Ferrell ca- character a million times. It's not original. It's not funny anymore. That's I'm glad you said not anymore because on SNL that shit was hilarious. Right, kicking and screaming. Even like I referenced uh, that he does the thing where he describes how angry he is. I wrote down what does he say this time? He says I'm a hot habanero pepper. Um, like you've done that before, and it's always when he's sitting in a car, you know. Right. Like, what does he say? Kicking and screaming, he says, I'm a tornado of anger swirling about. Like, that shit was funny so long ago, dude. So, uh, Will Ferrell sucked. Um, Will uh, Ferrell sucks. In general, he yeah. hasn't done anything funny in a long time. Yeah, I would have... I, I saw, like, one minute, because it was on HBO, I saw, like, one minute of... Um, what's the uh, one? Ferrell Takes the Field? Uh, uh, is it Get Hard? The oh, one with, with uh, Kevin Hart? Kevin Hart, Allison Brie... I'm a big Allison Brie fan. I'll tolerate Kevin Hart because I know that he's got good intentions, and that movie blows. Super unwatchable. Okay. Uh, um, yeah, I I haven't seen anything funny that Will Ferrell's done in in a long time. I think the last one, honestly, is Kicking and Screaming. Did you see that movie? Uh, I can't remember. It's a soccer movie with him and Mike Ditka. I did know that, and that <laughs> movie is amazing. But Mike Ditka is probably the the best character in it. So I had uh, a strong issues with both main characters in this movie because one, Will Ferrell yeah, plays the, the same hook, character. Wahlberg. Same, what'd you say? I said, yeah, you're not off the hook, Wahlberg. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and Mark Wahlberg only takes role. My biggest problem with Mark Wahlberg is that he only takes roles that make him look good. One of my alternate titles was Mark Wahlberg definitely only took this movie because he kept cheating on his diet and he needed to be contractually obligated to stick to a strict workout <laughs> regimen. It's a pretty good pretty good title cuz uh, he's fucking yoked in that movie. Right. But it's not impressive. No. <laughs> it, we've seen again, we've seen that a million times. Right. So we're not impressed. Um so like Mark Wahlberg is taking roles like he's a person who still needs to try to have sex. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, it's like, oh, sick. He took his shirt off. Oh, sick. He's doing push-ups. He's doing pull-ups. Yeah. Oh, he's a badass with a motorcycle. And Awesome. They also, they make him good at everything because he's like the foil of, uh, of to Will Ferrell's character. But that's... That's not funny. Like when, like they, they make him like he can sing as well. And, right. None and of it was funny. He's got some cool badass job. It's like if you're gonna make that character, make him one dimensional. Just make him an asshole who works out all the time or something. Right. Like you're like you root for both sides in that movie, basically. Right. Because oh, they're both they both have redeeming qualities. So everyone which are in, both bad. Everyone <laughs> in the show or everyone in the movie ends up siding with Mark Wahlberg's character, and it's like. Right, that makes they sense. make him perfect at everything. Right. It's like the the Louis C.K. thing. Like you drew the dog that big, you didn't have to do that. Like he wasn't like an abusive dad or anything. He no. was a pretty good dad. <laughs> right. Uh, actually, there were two laugh out loud parts for me. One of them was 
uh, when he's telling the when they're uh, tucking the kids in at night, and uh, Will Ferrell tucks them in and like gives them kisses or whatever, and then Mark Wahlberg's like, "Oh, who wants uh, good night tickles?" And then he tickles them, and they keep heightening it and heightening it, and then Mark Wahlberg's like. Who wants 20 bucks? And he just starts giving the kids money. See, I didn't laugh at that because it was in the trailer. Oh, really? Yeah. You So you, I didn't watch any trailers of that shit. Uh, well, I, I saw it on TV. I, oh, man. when I So whenever I saw that shit in theaters, because I, I saw a lot of previews for it in theaters, that was the frozen cookie dough bites run time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I hate, by the way, I hate when... I don't, have we had this conversation? But I hate when uh, when people laugh at parts that oh, you've seen Oh, God. drives me crazy. They, they did it during Mike and Dave's wedding date. They did it during the push the pop part. Oh, it's really? like, are you fucking kidding me? I, I hate that. It's like, you've already seen this part. Why are you laughing? You're laughing because you think that you have to laugh here. I've got very weird laugh out loud standards and kind of mental rules that I project on everybody else without <laughs> running by them. Um... Like, if you're sitting by yourself and you're watching something, shut the fuck up. Like, if there's nobody else there, if, right. you're, if you're watching them by yourself, like, laughing is a social thing, I think. Uh, there have been times when I've been watching something and I've laughed out loud. Oh, I do. Yeah, definitely. And but, I take note. You take note of it. Right. Though. You're like, wow, that was fucking funny. Right. There was nothing in this movie that would be like, LOL. Right. Yeah. There's like no like pausing it because you're afraid you're going to miss the next part because it was so funny. But the other funny part was... Um, when Hannibal Burris, uh, they they decide they're going to try to have another kid, uh, Will Ferrell and Linda Cardellini, and the kids are very excited. And Hannibal Burris's character's name is Griff, and they say, "Oh, can we name it Griff?" And uh, Hannibal Burris says, "No, nah, it's all right. Probably going to name it something <laughs> some something boring w- white name, yeah, like Chad." And then he just, like, rifles off, like, 11 names. And then he's like... The last one is Brad, Brad, which which is is Will Ferrell's character's name. Yeah. There was nothing to the movie. They didn't... Linda Carlini's character, tell me one thing about her. They didn't do anything other than she's hot. She had babies. (laughs) She's hot. She had babies. Um, It was cool when he was... uh, This is turning into the the episode where we shit on a movie, but the whole time we're like, but this this part was really great. (laughs) Um, When Mark Wahlberg's reading The Kids a Good Night Story... All, every time he does it, he's telling the story of, of how he's better than Will Ferrell's character. And he's like, and then the night reflected on his days with the maiden oh, back right. when she was in her prime and, and she, she was willing do to do anything. anything. And yeah. I mean anything. <laughs> yeah. Like that shit's, uh, that's kind of funny. Um, uh, speaking of another good moment in that movie. <laughs> this is a, uh, <laughs> I loved the movie. Uh, where Mark Wahlberg drops trow in the uh, in the doctor's office when they're checking the sperm count. Oh, like the stuff. shadow or something? There's like a... No, he, the, the doctor like reaches down towards his knee. Oh, that's And they like, dub a sound yeah. of like, him grabbing his dick. I was like, there was either a, uh, like a shadow or something that just suggested it was like... like eight feet long. Yeah. And then uh, the doctor, who is played by Bobby Cannavale, just yeah. like lifts it up like he's like raising a garage door. <laughs> yeah. So that was good. Uh, yeah. What would you give the overall grade in this movie? Ooh. Because uh, didn't did we grade? Uh, we didn't grade. We are your friends. We didn't. Um, but for the sake of it, I'll say we are your friends. Uh, is it? We definitely graded. We are your friends. I think. I th- uh, Did we grade that or Secret Life of Pets? Oh, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, well, either way, and if I gave it a different grade. Fuck yourself. Um, I'll say that We Are Your Friends retroactively is a D plus. Um, and, ah, oh, well, this, screw, this screws up the Zac Efron heat check. 
Oh, so before we grade it, let's just do a Zac Efron heat check. Okay. Straight up, was this better or worse than uh, We Are Your Friends? This was definitely better than We Are Your Friends. This was definitely worse than We Are Your Friends. That is not true. I That's a horrible was, take. I thought this was a lot worse. No way. Uh, we Are Your Friends had my attention. Ugh. It, uh, Daddy's Home literally drove me to drink. We Are Your, we are your Friends had my attention. But it didn't go anywhere. It didn't go anywhere. Like, like it was shame a on me. Waste of time. Right. Yeah. And that movie was like two hours long. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. It was a pretty long movie. Um, but this movie didn't mislead you uh, because you knew what you were gonna get. It was just probably a little right. bit worse than what you were expecting. Yeah. But I going into We Are Your Friends, I was like, I wonder what the fuck this is about. And going into Daddy's Home, I was like, I know that this movie fucking sucks. <laughs> Exactly. I was pretty sure going into We Are Friends that it sucked, but this was bad from bad from the previews and right, exactly. And I was like, I know what I'm gonna get based off my expectations. This was uh, it wasn't good, but it w- wasn't awful. I would say to make sure you don't see it. That's my wow. recommendation. So if like this movie was on TV, I think I would like, and I wasn't doing anything, I might catch like the second half. So that's what I would say. That's what I would say for like Mike and Dave need wedding dates. It's if it's on, fine, whatever. If this is on, I am leaping for the remote and I'm changing <laughs> it to We Are Your Friends. That I'm is, buying uh, We Are Your Friends on demand. My We Are avoid. Your Friends grade is probably like a D. I would say, I'll give it a D, and then I would say this movie's like a C minus. Huh? That's yeah. That's better than I would expect. Um, I'm not happy with Will Ferrell. I'm not happy with Mark. Just. I don't, I don't, did you like Ted? Who's Ted? The uh, the, <laughs> the motion boss? picture. Oh, with, the, uh, oh, uh, the Will, first one? Uh, Mark Wahlberg. The Either first one. one. I like the first one. The I, second one was... Uh, so I watched the second one recently. Uh, it, was, it wasn't good. It was like the same thing rehashed, but it, was, and it, it kept my attention. Second one, uh, I didn't see because the first one was so terrible. That I didn't think the first one was terrible. I enjoyed it. I, I was, laughed. I... I have some like weird movie rage issues. Like sometimes I come out of movies like angry. It's like I'm fucking good at wasting my time, and I just fucked up wasting my time. Um, but whatever. I just I don't all. like I don't like Mark Wahlberg trying to do comedy. He's I don't, not funny. I don't like Mark Wahlberg in anything that isn't fear. That's that's a take. Like what what else is he in that's good? Uh, he was pretty good in Lone Survivor. Didn't see that Lone Survivor. Um, Recently, I don't remember what else. The Fighter? I didn't see that, but that's one of those... I just say, yeah, I liked it, just so people will shut the fuck up about The Fighter. Invincible? Um, didn't see Invincible. So you like haven't they, seen any Mark Wahlberg movie since Fear. You <laughs> so know what? That's... Boogie Nights was okay. Okay. It wasn't very good. I know a lot of people like it. I wouldn't say I like it. It's okay. The Departed? The Departed was Fine. good. He was, um, he was pretty good in The Departed. He was such a fucking asshole, and it was awesome. Yeah. I don't know. He just he doesn't do it for me. Um... I don't get it. I don't really get his appeal either. Yeah, I don't think there is. I don't think anyone thinks he has an appeal. I think that oh, he's just that in you shit. know. I think that the, the Mark Wahlberg people fucking love Mark Wahlberg. Do the ladies like Mark Wahlberg? I believe so, and I think dudes fucking go crazy for Mark Wahlberg, like the bro types. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm pretty sure that's a thing. Dudes, way to have horrible taste in guys. Shooter, You're like shooter's girls. a pretty good movie too. I didn't see that. I, I wanted to. I wanted to see that. Shooter's pretty good, and that movie is like literally on. Uh, TNT every weekend. Hmm. So watch, uh, T- T- watch TNT for me one time. Are we uh, are we done with our daddy's home conversation? Uh, yes. 
Okay. And also, by the way, the, uh, the Will Ferrell and uh, Mark Wahlberg already did this movie, and it was called The Other Guys, and it was way better. That's right. So you yeah. know what? I'm going to say, I'm going to classify that as a good Mark Wahlberg movie. The Other Guys was funny. I yeah, think. it was funny. Yeah. Uh, what's uh, Michael Keaton? Awesome in that movie. Mm-hmm. They shot cool. Derek Jeter. <laughs> yeah, shot Derek Jeter. Uh, they got a boss who just quotes TLC all day. My kind of boss. Really, really good shit. So, and again, Will Ferrell played the exact same guy. Yeah, but I think it, so. That was probably what 2008 or something. Yeah, somewhere so. around there. <laughs> I, same guy. It's like make put Wahlberg and uh, put uh, Will Ferrell in a movie. Yeah. Make him be the same character as he always is. Yeah. Give him a hot wife. Yeah. He had Eva Mendez and the other guys. That's right. And then you stick Mark Wahlberg and just be like the counter opposite opposite bro dude. And they just did it like, oh, instead of a work situation, we'll put it in a home situation. Yeah. Let's do it. That movie did do a good job, though. I'm talking about the other guys with um, making fun of zeros Uh, because Mark Wahlberg's character says that he did ballet to make fun of all the gay kids who did ballet. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> everything, like, they keep revealing more, like, feminine things about him. He's like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just doing it because all those fucking nerds who were <laughs> doing it. Um, so an emailer says, one critique of us is that we s- call every song a banger. Which is correct. What's your reaction to that? It's, uh, that's pretty true. Uh, but usually when we talk about bangers, they are bangers. Right. So, like, excuse, sorry. Let's sorry talk for being right. Sorry for only talking about Only God Knows Why and Cold Water. Also not true because we call them bangers. We call them heaters. We yes. call them... Uh, slappers. Slappers. Yeah, we put... We put we just put errs er. at the end. Yeah. It's an err. Yeah. Um, why don't we... I used to say jam all the time. and I used to say jam all the time, too. Yeah. And I still kind of say jam. Is jam out? Uh no, I don't think so. So I when I say jam, I never say my jam because that sounds stupid. I so there was a, so Jeff Israel introduced me to a website back in the day called thisismyjam.com and you would make an account, you would say what your jam is, and then it would send out an automated tweet that would be like, "Hey, I'm Deej and this is my jam." And it would be what what your jam is. And then everyone so stupid. <laughs> it was it was a nice way, though, of putting out there, like, you know what my jam is right now? This. And it didn't catch on. Shocker. <laughs> right. But, uh, but I liked doing that. I remember I, I had the same song by Alpine as my jam for, like, a month because I forgot about it. And what is uh, what is your jam right now? Do, so have we gone... Uh, so we had this song in the summer discussion. Yeah. And uh, we both kind of agreed that final song was... Either the song, the quote unquote song of the summer, or just like the best song of the summer. Right. Um, but I have since changed my stance on that. I think that uh, "Closer" by the Chainsmokers and Halsey is the song of the summer this year. That's not a bad uh, take, and that's a recent song. It is. Um, so it might just be because I'm high on it. I definitely don't think that it's a better song right. than "Final Song." I just think that it's like doesn't kick more- like it. Right, and it's just more encapsulating of like the summer feel. Um, my, I have two jams recently. Uh, one is "Cool Girl" by Tovlo. I fucking hated Habits. Do you know that the the first Tovlo song? Uh, I gotta stay high. Oh, oh right, yeah. Like that right. song, I made me wanna. I did not like I to like hear that it. Song. 
Um, but all of her other songs, like uh, Talking Bodies. Talking Bodies was an awesome just, song. Yeah. Um, I thought that was uh, Selena Gomez for the longest time, too. When I heard that song on the radio, I was like, oh, this is this new Selena Gomez song, bang. That would have been really pushing it for Selena. And Selena, Selena's, we've had this discussion before. She's going for broke. Right. On, on the on sexy front. Yeah. yeah. Um, if she put out a song that said, if you love me right, we fuck for life, yeah. that would have really alienated a lot <laughs> of little girls. Um, but it would have been an integrity move. And I think I would have liked it. Um, but yeah, Cool Girl by Tovlo. That's new and that's awesome. Uh, we missed. Uh, we missed drum at um, at Lollapalooza, and we also missed that while we were there, he put out a new song called Cute that I've since gone back and listened to, and it is fucking awesome. It's probably his best song. It's The lyrics are, I think you're cute. I think you're cute. Uh, the bridge says, uh, like... I think we should go out on a date. And like he rhymes it with like, if it's cool, I'll pick you up at eight. I like songs like that. So shouts to Drum. That song is awesome. Um, we should do a fucking uh, Lollapalooza playlist for the Brunch Bunch. We should. We just like put a bunch of great songs that we yeah. heard from artists at Lollapalooza and just be like, Have Enjoy. you been in any sort of uh, post-Lollapalooza uh, like show? Like obsession sort of thing with any groups. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of LCD sound. System. I have been listening to a lot of LCD LCD sound system at all, but I wouldn't call it an obsession just because like I have never listened to them before. So I went back and I was like, I need to listen to more LCD sound system. So where I fucked up, and if anyone hasn't gotten into LCD sound system before, get into them by listening to live at Madison Square Garden because I listened to their albums and. It's a, it's pretty chewy stuff. It's like eight minute long songs. Um, they're kind of based around building, and unless you're really kind of in the mood for that, it's not going to grab you. But seeing it in the live atmosphere, uh, it was awesome. So I would say listen to their live record and then get into their shit from there. But yeah, that's who I've been listening to uh, since. What is that song that they clo- that they closed out with? Uh, All My Friends. All My Friends, yeah. that's what it's called. Yeah. Uh, I've been, I love that song, and I realized uh, this week that that song was totally ripped off by uh, the Airborne Toxic event. Oh, really? Some years back. It was, uh, I think the song's called, like, Sometime Around Midnight. If you okay. go back and listen to that song, it's like a carbon copy of the LCD uh, Sound System song, and it's not good. LCD Sound System had a song in a Will Ferrell movie, ever heard of it, called, um, fuck, uh, Step Brothers. North American Scum was in it. You ever heard of it? Yes, I struggled to hear of it as I was saying it. Um, I think that sufficiently wraps up our two-week-late LCD Sound System conversation. Uh, because this is a Monday morning podcast and the idiots who do it watch late Sunday evening programming... Uh, we are recording this episode in two parts, so we will, I guess, we'll be back with slightly worse quality talking about HBO Hi. shit. All right, we are now recording after watching The Night Of, and yes. Vice, did you watch Vice Principals as well? I watched both, and now um, I, I also fixed myself a little old-fashioned. So, Ooh, fancy boy over here. This is going to be some crazy analysis. <laughs> uh, before we get into the night of, we uh, kind of had a discussion earlier in the week about 
uh, with some people on Twitter about how uh, the show is getting like a split reaction between good and not good. Yeah, and I'm re- after, especially after this week's episode, I am ready to run through a wall. A for John Stone and B to get at the haters because if you can watch the last two episodes and knock this show, then you're intentionally being a fucking internet douche. That's my take. <laughs> I uh, I'm inclined to agree. I was I was that way last week. Honestly, I thought last week's episode was arguably the best of the you- series. In like in a different way than the first one because obviously the first one was was lit. Yeah, it, the first one was pretty much like the perfect episode of television. So I kind of leave that on its own because they weren't going to match it. Um, last week's episode, basically the last two episodes, I feel. Um, so we're what five deep now? Yeah, I think this was five. Yeah, so four and five, I think, are what people anticipated two and three being like I, I think that they thought that it would go from the crime scene him getting arrested to them diving into the evidence and everything and instead they spent the next two episodes kind of um, acclimating study. right exactly like acclimating Nas in prison and uh, giving us a bit more of a glimpse into into John Stone's life we didn't really learn too much about box which a lot of people had complaints about but now like everything between Box's investigation, um, John Stone's kind of investigation in his own right, and Nas's time in prison, and even his family, like you, it's all interesting. Yeah, like there, again, we said this earlier on the series. There was no part of the show that when they would uh, focus on that storyline, you'd say, "Ah, oh, fuck, turn it, turn it to something else." Really, the only thing was Nas's time in prison. I gave less of a shit about than the rest of the stuff, but. Now that's uh, becoming interesting. Yeah. Um, so I, I was like, I think that for a lot of people, the the pilot and the premiere set the bar too high. Like people were expecting that pace to keep up for the entire show, which is like almost impossible because yeah, that, well, the, like they 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 Tarantinoed it. They showed you what happened, and then now we're going back and we're finding out, you know, how it happened and the players involved. Well, like, sorry they can't have a, a mystery murder in every single episode. Like, right, the, this isn't the, law and order. <laughs> right. Uh, like the, the first episode set everything up, and obviously that was the most interesting because it left you with a billion questions, and you're still left with questions after all these, but it's nothing like the, the first one. This was the first episode that really kind of dug back into the night of... Um, and I, I compared it to um, to reverse True Detective because the the premiere cause you didn't watch True Detective, did you? I gave up on it early. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I I I did reverse True Detective season one where they uh, it's a slow process uh, after like a lot of action. So True Detective season one was a slow process leading up to a lot of action. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. I think that I could watch John Stone. I'm saying it, it is John, right? It's not Jack, right? It's John? Um, I think it's Jack. Oh, okay. Um, Mr. Totoro. <laughs> I could watch uh I could watch Mr. Totoro uh go about doing CD shit all fucking day. Like he's the most disgusting human being and I've got like a lot of um 
Like I, I could not be around that guy in real life. Like if you got like oh for sure, definitely if, you definitely could not. Like I I I let my freak fl- uh, flag fly uh, socially, but I'm not exposing wounds and shit like that. That's gross. I could not be around that guy. <clears throat> but uh, I could watch him go and try to chase down bad guys all fucking day. He's a nut for going after uh, Dwayne Reed the way that he did, but. Well, I think that basically shows that he really has like nothing to lose. Like, and it shows that he's a bad in. lawyer. He, he it also shows that he's a bad lawyer. Why wouldn't you then put that into the investigation or the um, or in trial? Bring up, hey, there was another guy we caught this dude perjuring himself, and the other guy uh, has a million warrants out for his arrest. That's enough to leave um, at least suspicion. In a jury's mind, yeah, they need more like, su- it, more than suspicion, though. At this point, but is he helping or hurting by going and chasing down a bad? Like, is is that going to fuck up that case? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I don't know honestly, but I I I think that it was used as like a, a device to show that like this guy, that, like this is all he's got. He's all in. I, yeah. Well, he, he was going to be obsessed with this case because this is kind of the first big boy thing that anyone's letting him do. Right. Um, and but he's I, got like nothing in his personal life. Now he can't even get boners. So right. like, what else does he have to live for? To bang, to bang his prostitute girlfriend. What a, what a sad situation. Uh, I do like him working with that woman though. I agree. I did not see that coming, but uh, I like that team. Yeah. They, well, they set up, um, they set him up to be like, all right, this is a gross fucking dude, but he's got some redeeming qualities. The only um, character that they didn't make look like an asshole in some uh, way, shape, or form is that woman. Um, because the the defense attorney that she was working under was obviously an asshole, and Nas is kind of an asshole, and obviously Nas's family has their own priorities, and they're freaking out. She was the only one that they introduced that actually seemed like a pretty straightforward person. Um, On the subject of Nas, I saw Dave Lozo took a little shot at the show and said that uh, the show has reached hate watch mode. And he was um, mocking that Nas is now suddenly hard. We never fucking knew anything about Nas. Right. Like Like he could have that. That's what uh, Michael K. Williams said in the show. He was like, you have some rage. You have some right. skeletons in your closet. Right. And that, that this whole episode was used to set that up. And in the beginning, when he's acting all tough and when he shaves his head and when he beats up uh, that dude, who, by the way, I don't want them to get rid of that dude. That guy's one episode was fucking awesome. Yep. The dude who threw the, the baby oil in his yep. face. Uh, dropped a hard F. Deserved oh, yeah. some of those kicks, though. <laughs> uh, was it? The the whole theme of this this uh, most recent episode was like Nas becoming quote unquote no good boy, right? Yeah, it's uh, like he it's, shaves his head, he beats up the dude, uh, he gets like b- or test positive for the amphetamines, he smuggles the drugs, uh, and then he you know he starts boxing and he lies to to Stone. So it was like a lot of a lot of Nas like bad things going on. Yeah, I think that scene, I feel like, is going to be the one that everyone points to where um, where Stone and the other defense attorney find out that he did greenies, and she asks, why would he do this? And he's like, because we don't know anything about them about him. 
Like that's the the biggest takeaway from this episode that this kid could be a screw up and an asshole for all we know. Like, I mean, fuck, I know a lot of kids who got good grades and were fucking maniacs. So um, I like that it's still kind of left uh, open-ended whether or not this kid's a good kid or not. Um, obviously, at least to our knowledge, he's not a murderer, but he can still be a, a shithead and he can right. still be an asshole. I mean, he's, he's obviously, really from, from the beginning of the series, he's always been a wise-ass. He's always been a dick to authority. Um and I loved the scene where he was being a douche to the uh, guys in prison, and he just realized that nobody can touch him. Oh, so, what, with the, the Ellen show? Ellen, yeah. yeah. Um, they, they, they call him little homie afterwards. <laughs> uh, do, there is no doubt in your mind that he is going to be found guilty, right? Uh, I've always expected that he's going to be found guilty. I will... Right. I, I look at the look, show as more of an examination of like the process of the legal system. Like regardless of whether or not he's innocent or guilty, I feel like he's going to spend a lot of time in prison. Well, as as scary as it is, if this show is accurate, he's going to be guilty. You know, if this show is uh is true to life, then he's going to be found guilty. Right. He's already guilty for sure. Yeah. Uh like you have her blood and you have the knife, you're done. Then you're fucked. Uh, Does not help that you're a minority, right? Um, shouts to the uh, the dong shot in uh, in, t- in tonight's episode as well. They just oh, that was placed, awesome! Place down the picture next to the dead so much dick. dick, and they kept showing, like right. they kept focusing on the picture. <laughs> right. But were they really focusing on the picture? A lot of dick in this episode. Um, I saw going into it, it had the the uh, the nudity rating, and <laughs> I was like, seeing that coming. I was like, ah, Stone, up to his old tricks. Getting laid. Nope. <laughs> nope. Can't dead get dick. laid. And there's a lot of dead dick in this show. Probably the most dead dick I've seen in in, well, in anything. In at least a week. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, uh, do you... Did, uh, another thing that I picked out out of this episode was uh, the relationship between Stone and drugs. Because uh, he seems to be very up on his drugs. Yeah, like, but I don't... Uh, I don't think it's weird. I think that, that that's feasible, what he said. Like, when she said, how do you know so much about drugs? And he was like, because I'm a lawyer. Especially if you're a defense attorney. Right. Then you, no, I'm you not, better I'm, know I'm not questioning shit. that. I mean, he also, like, buys Viagra off a dude but, in, like, a, in a bar bathroom. He, uh, his son, we find out that his son is named after, uh, after Dwight Gooden. Right. Which, drugs. <laughs> drugs. A lot of drug references. Yeah, that's a good point. I actually hadn't realized how intertwined <laughs> drugs were with his life. Um, I'll tell you this. A lo- there have been a lot of haters. I feel like we haven't talked about the show in a while, so I want to circle back to some common complaints about this show. A lot of people are complaining about the feet thing, and it's... It's interesting th- to me, honestly. Th- they're like, oh, the show's obsessed with feet. I saw the ringers did something, I think, that said the show has a foot fetish. Like, again... Going back to that email or kid from a few weeks ago, dude, if you come away from the show talking about feet, you're obsessed with feet. There's a million other things going on in that show. If your only takeaway is like, ugh, feet, gross, like I can't see that shit. And if I'm not thinking about it, then you know it's fine. Right. So, and they're spending a lot of time on it, which leads me to believe that it's eventually going to go somewhere and it's going to be used as like a, you know, probably like a metaphor. 
or something. If it, I don't know. That's a that's a cruel fucking metaphor. <laughs> if they're like, we're gonna show you the most disgusting shit in the world for eight weeks in a row, and it makes you think maybe we need to open the doors to our hearts. <laughs> so, you know, now that you saw the grossest shit you've ever seen in your life, think about that for a little while. Uh, I also like the cat stuff. I like that he just legitimately does not want to have the cat anymore. <laughs> he's just literally asking anybody if they want a cat. And he's trying to talk them into taking it. Uh, what, uh, uh, what's our, uh, our cat um, red herring heat check um, right now? They spent a lot of time with that door. Did you see that door? Oh, yeah, the, the, uh, the back the door. It doesn't close. It's, it, right, yeah, exactly. It doesn't close. So... Um, Another thing that I picked out as well was the uh, the view from the staircase is very obscured. When the dude was taking the picture from the staircase going upstairs, looking towards the back, very obscure ah, view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think that Dwayne Reed is an actual suspect? Um, probably. I would assume so. I mean, he ran immediately. Right, but I mean, he had warrants out for his arrest, so... right. You'd run for that reason. But if you got warrants out for your arrest, maybe you're a criminal. Um, but I, part of me is still hoping that it's some sort of third party. Like, I don't want it to be Nas. Um, I wouldn't hate if it were Nas. Um, but I don't want it to be, I don't want it to be Dwayne Reed. Um, I wouldn't hate if it were the stepfather. Um, but part of me also wouldn't hate if it were a complete stranger. So... Just so I don't, I don't, into mass killing. Yeah, well, when you first we see it, you're know, like, all we right. Don't, we don't know we, much about Nas, but we also don't know much about this girl yet either. Exactly. But when you see the first episode, you're like, all right. So you assume it wasn't Nas, although it could have been. And you're like, all right, it's not Nas. Um, I thought there was no way it was the other guy who we come to find is uh, Dwayne Reed. It's not the uh, the guy that was walking with him, the one that's in trouble now. I just assumed that it was some person in her life that came in and did it, um, whether it's her sketchy ass um, stepfather or not. I guess, yeah, I guess I, guess I really don't care who the, the <laughs> killer is. Sorry. Nice. <laughs> Sorry, lady. You seem nice. You uh, gave Nas that K for free. Right. So, oh, so uh, Nas was a cool guy. Right. So he got drugs. He got off for drugs. Well, he better have because he drove her across the entire city. You see them doing the tracing of the of like yeah. the journey. It was like across like the whole fucking map. I was thinking about that. I was like, fuck, if that were an Uber ride, especially in New York, that'd be right. really, really expensive. If he was if he was an actual cab driver and he was if he charging ran her, that meter, right. oh my god, she'd be fucked. No but yeah, so that's where not that, that's where Nas messed up. You you need to prove to someone that you're cool so they offer you drugs and then you don't do the drugs. He's in. See, this is what happens when you take the drugs. When you're cool and someone offers you drugs, it can only it yeah. can, you can, they can only view you as being less cool than they were than you were before you took the drugs. Right. So if we took those drugs of Lollapalooza, we'd still be in like Chicago prison. Right. Yeah, we'd have killed a lot of people. It would not have been a good look for us. Would have really crushed our brand. Would have lost listeners. Would have been no merch for a while. Radio that silence not- on the Twitter account. No good for anybody. Um, oh. What did you What did you think of uh, Vice Principals? Uh, this wasn't my favorite episode, uh, but I will always laugh at interactions between Danny Mc, uh, between uh, Gamby and the teacher 
that is nice enough to have sex with him because he is so ashamed of her and he has absolutely he should be so thrilled and he's just so disgusted with himself and so ashamed of her the scene and then like the scene where he is getting a blowjob from her in the uh the supply closet and yeah. immediately after he finishes he's like this uh this was a the one thing that us having sex like a week ago is a one time thing that, that was like, one time. she was like i literally just finished blowing you that's amazing yeah, it's it's so funny how and then he ashamed. blurts out, "I love you." Yeah, and then he yeah, then he just tosses out a hard L. <laughs> um, it's well, it's weird. Like I need to switch gears because I'm like, we were doing actual like real uh, like uh, analysis and trying to figure out like what these characters are doing in <laughs> the night of, and then you switch over to vice principles. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with this dude? <laughs> He's obsessed with this one girl who is very pretty she's not like she's not a super crazy knockout like Giselle type but basically everyone who isn't her he thinks is gross <laughs> like he's an asshole to his ex-wife this other perfectly lovely woman who he works with and has sex with him and blows him he's just like he's so Fuck fucking you. ashamed it's so funny uh, the best part of the series by the way um, and this goes against a lot of what I believe in because it's 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 not sexist, but it's like it's it's kind of fat shaming to a skinny person. But when um, he he crashes their party on the field trip, and uh, she the woman that that he ends up banging invites him in for a drink, she's like, "Come on in, have a drink." And he goes, "You're drinking oh, right. a mudslide. That's not a drink. That's a dessert. That's two desserts for you." Now. <laughs> That was awesome. Uh, I liked the uh, I liked the fact that they had like a sex scene between the the supposed high school kids who are like supposed right. to be teenagers. Right. I was thinking that I was like, God, they better have cast like some twenty nine year olds for right. that, for that shit. These people are supposed to be in high school, and they just like show them like going at it hard in like the pool that, or the gym or whatever it was. That was some uh, that was some Independence Day sex scene shit because it was. Uh, you know, in Independence Day, when the the alien throws the body, the guy's body up against the glass. I've never seen Independence Day. Really? Yeah. Wow. So, um, I'm, well, I'm comparing a death scene to a sex scene, <laughs> which, uh, I mean, it looked close. It looked like that girl that wasn't, you wasn't, will. wasn't for right. longer. Right. Yeah. So, the, yeah, they just did. The, they walk in. It's clear glass, and it's a child getting banged against the glass uh but yeah i'm best line of this week's episode by the way was when he uh he yelled back down on your knees miss Snodgrass." oh god and, and then as he was walking away he goes to paint the banner not not for dick sucks right not for dick sucks um i i haven't kept up on what people think of ice principles but i'm always i'm gonna watch it every week yeah um, i'm in my my issue with it is though I wonder if they didn't spend enough time on Gamby versus Russell. Uh, right, you, they teamed you, up very quickly. They teamed up by the end of the first episode, which right. is such a shame. Like the the first the first episode of those two guys just going at each other's throats um, was awesome. And if you notice, since maybe this is because Danny McBride wrote it and he wanted to kind of move away from what he's known for. Since Danny McBride, Danny McBride's character hasn't really been sassing anybody. Right. He's more he's been like, like a 
decent dude kind of ish not really but <laughs> yeah but he's just an idiot like, right he's yeah. he's basically a grown-up riggins he's he's got some goal that he's set his mind to and he's such a fucking idiot that he can't accomplish it but the only honestly the only person that he sasses now is uh, the the other teacher who who's having sex with him <laughs> right and, i mean that's funny enough but i i definitely could use more him versus so Russell. So he's the meanest in the show to people who are the nicest to him. He's mean yeah. to the stepdad, uh, <laughs> and he is super mean to the girl who is actually having sex with him. I'm definitely going to start using it. I'm, even if the, it's not a dessert drink, if I, if I go to a bar and meet my friends out and they're having like any sort of fucking cocktail, I'm going to be like, that's a dessert. That's two desserts for you now. <laughs> Which, Such a dick comment. That's a horrible thing to, especially in a public place in front of a lot of people. Uh, speaking of desserts, um, it was my friend's birthday yesterday. And so there, I was at her birthday party because that's what you do for birthdays. And uh, there was cake and there was also cookies there. And I was the first one there to go up and just get cake and throw a cookie on the plate. People were doing either or. And I just did two desserts at the same time. And it felt so fucking good. It was awesome. Proud of you. Then I took a Nerf ball, fucking hummed that thing 10 miles. That thing's gone. Sounds like a four-year-old's birthday party. (laughs) (laughs) I only had two beers, too. So it's like very close. 